0: premier baseball betting show this is the
3: run line welcome in it is the run line brady cannon and ben wilson with you live from the circa resort and casino in downtown las vegas on this final sunday of august the final show of the run line created by you oh. and mr adam burke and sad to see it go I am, well, I hope it'll be back next baseball season. Yeah, of course. Um, And I remember when this show came out, I was thrilled. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to fill in. Of course, Adam Burke out this week. You were out the last couple of weeks, but... I am a massive baseball fan. You, you guys dive much deeper than I into the numbers and the analytics and whatnot. Um, I, as far as baseball handicapping, I kind of handicap the handicappers. I follow right. you guys and Adam Burke. I, I follow probably about five guys and try and decide from there on
2: my own. But uh, postseason baseball may be my very favorite sport of all. Uh, look, I'm with you, and especially too, given the new format this year, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, as much as this is obviously football is king, and uh-huh, we we all sure. get that, but we're we're not going to neglect the baseball going forward. I know Adam's still going to do uh, weekly appearances, and we're still going to have a, a, a as we talked about earlier with Jason Weingarten, we'll still have a lot of baseball content. Uh, it's just you know you and uh, you're going to be sliding into the old late uh, the Sunday evening slot now because we're going to have a lot of football here to be talking about. Uh, but with that all being said, yeah, I mean this this home stretch is going to be fascinating when you consider too, just the way baseball has tried to keep more of these teams in the overall playoff picture. Mm-hmm. And we saw that kind of play out at the trade deadline this year. We had a bunch of teams more than we could have ever really remembered who didn't really know if they were buyers or sellers. Yeah. And it's created a weird dynamic. I mean, the number of trades we saw where teams that were in the position to be buyers then sold pieces off. Right. Brewers being example, number one, a of that. It has created a really interesting dynamic to me, Brady, now going going down the stretch here, And, and especially when you throw in teams like a Baltimore, who've been able to still stay competitive even despite being sellers, and being the first team to cash a win total to the over here, Yes, uh, it, I will be really fascinated to see how this thing all plays out once we get to October.
3: Thank you for reminding me. I bet the win total on the Orioles under this year. Oh, that no. uh, goes in the loss column. Still no score <laughs> between the Atlanta Braves and the St. You didn't Louis have to Cardinals suffer, League.
2: Brady. That's that's at least uh, – Yeah, yeah, I it's know.
3: over early. But, you know, kind of like you, they're a feel-good story, and, and hats off. Baltimore yeah. has been a lot Nobody of fun. Nobody could
2: have thought. I mean, I mean we, we thought that win total number was about right at the start of the year. I, mean, I know was, a lot of
3: sharp people that did it over. Yeah. I, you know, I saw I saw sharp people on both sides of that one. I take the L um, again. Still no score between the Atlanta Braves and St. Louis Cardinals. Top of the fourth inning at Bush, and in your in-game total all the way down to five and a half now. St. Louis still a favorite on the money line in the live market at minus one twenty. Um, we were talking about the American League wild card and division races in the last segment, and I had one more question for you before we get into some of these futures markets about the Baltimore Orioles and. It was last season and maybe a season before that that we were kind of looking at the Toronto Blue Jays like it's it's coming where this is going to be a bet on team pretty soon. All this mm-hmm. young talent that they're assembling and maybe they're they're Maybe next year is going to be their year as well. Is next year a year that you're going to look hard at betting on and backing the Baltimore yeah, Orioles?
2: That, that's a really good question. And I, to me, they have built their young core is really, really solid. And for as much as it would appear like they have kind of overachieved a little bit, and, you know, at, at, the, at the end of the day, I mean, Jordan Lyles is still technically their ace, who is – I mean, that's not <laughs> well, a guy you'd a want to – John Means, it should staff, be coming right. back, right? But, yes, when you have Means projected to come back, they've gotten a lot of their younger guys like the Austin Voss, Dean Kramer, Spencer Watkinses of the world, who have definitely over-exceeded expectations. It's now from Brandon Hyde's role as manager, can you continue that development? Can you get those <laughs> guys to be more than just, you know, one year – overachiever types here can you know I would have to think Felix Bautista he's going to go into next year as the presumptive closer there who has really come on strong and has been absolutely brilliant since they traded away Jorge Lopez but when you have like a, a Ryan Mountcastle a Adley Rutschman who Rutschman has been fantastic since being called up as a as a catcher who projects to be in that number two spot in the batting order now for years to come as an everyday catcher who we you know we knew coming up he was kind of at least hyped up to be kind of a Buster Posey type, and, and that next sort of do-it-all, reliable, durable piece at catcher you want to anchor a franchise around. So while, yes, I, I do really like the infrastructure there, Brady, I'll be very interested to see, though, where a win total is actually set for them. Now, like in a case like with the Giants last year, who just overachieved you know, more than yeah. anybody in recent history, it was always kind of obvious that you know, there, was, there was going to be the regression baked in. I don't know though like the number will be interesting because it's the AL East and because that right, division is so right. tough. I still think you're going to see a pretty subdued total next year, and seventy one and, and a half. I I was thinking in like the seventy three and a half range okay. for, for the Orioles next year, which to me, I mean, again, they've despite having the toughest strength of to schedule basically all year, they're going to end up being probably a 500 win te- a 500 team and winning 82 games. So is that enough a regression for me to say you know what I think that's priced properly I don't know it's it's well, it's going to be really fascinating to see also what they do in the offseason or
3: is it maybe better because because you're right I think it's pretty easy for an odds maker to inflate that win total a little bit mm-hmm. and, and and maybe shade that number a little bit where it's going to be tough to get over the hump is it maybe better to bet them you know more in a pennant division you know is there some other market maybe where you'd feel more comfortable but uh, about your bet
2: right i actually think it's funny too because while the yes no playoff market this year doesn't make go. a whole lot of yeah. sense for them that would be the market for next yep, year i would agree uh, on the ores because you are still like the number is still going to be really really favorable and it's just not going to be 25 to 1 like no. we saw in season no. this year but uh, even if you know again you're you're thinking about these teams, these final wildcard teams, which are projecting out. I mean, you think about the Blue Jays, they' uh, they're on a you know overall pace of at, at this point about 87, 87 and a half wins. So again, that's still what it's going to take up to most likely, even even with the additional wildcard teams to get into that. I still would think though, you, as a result, if you're looking at a, a low to mid 70s win total, and if you know that's the threshold, you're, you're probably going to get a really, really good number, uh, even even if it's a little bit reduced from what we're seeing this year there on, on an Orioles to make the playoffs next year.
3: Top of the fourth inning in St. Louis, and the Braves have runners at the corners with two down, so possibly putting the first run on the board here will be Atlanta. Again, two outs with Adam Wainwright still on the hill, and actually the St. Louis Cardinals, even a bigger favorite now, in the live market at minus 135 as Wainwright tries to get out of this mini jam. Uh, A couple markets here to look at, the NL MVP and the AL Cy Young Award. I, I think these are all but foregone conclusions here. You've got Goldschmidt at minus 1,400. Nolan Arenado is the second choice. Goldschmidt is actually a candidate who could possibly get a triple crown here before too long. 33 home runs, 105 RBIs, and this is before tonight's game here in St. Louis with an average of 338. Ben.
2: And yeah, and you look too. I mean, the just the general WRC plus uh, leaderboard as well. If you're just looking NL, I mean, Goldschmidt has been right around 200 all year. And when you think about how WRC plus, just a general analytical measurement of of an overall player, with 100 being right around league average, right, to be that good and to be as consistent as Goldschmidt has been, it's it's just been it's been nothing short of amazing. And 195 now. His teammate Arenado's at 162. That's second in the NL, and then Freddie Freeman's at 155. Yeah, the it is interesting too the whole Triple Crown thought now where I mean you can't really you can't really necessarily say that this is not a, a possibility now for Goldschmidt and uh, you, where you look at his numbers at least at this point and yeah you know, sitting at 33 homers, 105 RBI, it, it's it's the the average. I mean he is pretty well in line to win that average title. It's just a matter of for the rest of the guys and at least in that home run race, we've seen how good Kyle Schwarber has been. Even as he's tailed off a little bit, Goldschmidt's trailing him by two right now. So, yeah, he's winning the NL MVP. And uh, the, even if he was to, we kind of talk about this, when you get to the end of August, Brady, it's like how much of, of your candidacy is kind of settled and how much of your portfolio is already complete. If Goldschmidt were to not even play the month of September, I still think he would, he would win this, especially with the team success, and that has a big correlation to it. Yep, I agree with that.
3: Uh, let's look at the World Series market. We touched on the Dodgers briefly at the top of the show. I saw at one book here, they were at 3-1, to one, another book at plus 350 to win the World Series. Uh, the Astros at plus 425, the Mets at plus 550, the Braves at 9-1, to one, and interesting, the Yankees at plus 450, uh, half of the price that the Atlanta Braves are. And, and I think both you and I probably agree. I, I would say the Braves are a better team than the Yankees. Um, maybe the Yankees, uh, maybe the odds makers figure they have an easier path. The the Dodgers, we all know they are the powerhouse. But um, I just have a gut feeling, uh, a little bit of doubt. I, I don't want to lay that type of price because I think anything can happen in the postseason in a seven game series, and sometimes a seven game series will be more indicative of the team that is deserving to win. Um, but I just, you know, it, it looks too good to be true with with the Los Angeles Dodgers.
2: I no, I. It's funny. Even for a lineup that is, uh, they're number one in the major leagues in basically every sti- statistical right. category, which is so so amazingly hard to actually do. And uh, fifth in homers, seventh in stolen bases, they're number one basically in everything else. But when you have, yeah, I mean, you're going to be relying on, and and also too, like, how does Dustin May figure into all this? He and Clayton Kershaw, May, who they just get back this week, they were expecting him to be a second or third starter. What do they have in the tank for Kershaw in October? Because while Urias and Gonsolin have been amazing, again these are guys with really really big workloads this year. Guys who, I mean, for for Urias, if you just go down and look at the you know the overall innings numbers for him, he's, he had the 185 and two thirds last year, which kind of which just blew his previous totals out of the water here. So this is kind of the first year where they have felt really comfortable, I think, pushing Urias, but he's got some regression. I mean, 367 on his expect expected fielding independent pitching on a 236 ERA gonsolin for as much as i do agree with with jason weingarten when he talked about earlier his raw stuff being being just exceptional he still has that has ridiculous regression numbers that at, you would think at a certain point he would not be getting as fortunate as, as he has been so far i think it's right to question the overall pitching of, of the dodgers it's just that lineup. I mean, you one through nine. You can't take any any uh, batter off, really, with that lineup. Is there anybody on
3: this list, let's say the Cardinals, worth a long shot at twenty-five to one?
2: So I, I, would act if you're power ranking teams one through five. I would put the Cardinals ahead of the Yankees right now. The issue is you're at you are probably in a position where if you're St. Louis, you're going to have to beat the Mets and the and the Dodgers in back-to-back series. Pretty tough. A, it's a
3: tall order. The
2: number the- right. So the number's intriguing. I just it's
3: tough. I don't see it. All right, we will come back with more in a moment. We will get to the wildcard and divisional races in the National League right here on The Run Line.
1: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
4: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace.
3: pocket cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The Atlanta Braves and St. Louis Cardinals still scoreless. Home half of the fourth inning now at Bush Stadium. And the Cardinals right around that minus 120, minus 130 number. Hasn't varied a whole lot here for a couple of innings. That is the price. They are a short favorite in the live market on the money line. Your in-game total, Ben, all the way to four mm. and a half. You want, to, you want to jump on the
2: over at all? I, I've i been actually really impressed with uh, Jake Odorizzi, who I was certainly concerned about coming in. He's been really, really up and down, but... He guys carrying a no-hitter here through three and two thirds, right as actually, right oh, as I say just that. Said uh, the word. I well, I did say the word. Nolan <laughs> Arenado though hits into the shift. I thought that was gonna be a base hit up the middle. No, I'm a play-by-play guy, Brady. So I'm fully on team. There is no broadcaster jinx. That is a stupid made-up thing. I I'm a little bit biased though because I do call games. So anyway, four four hitless innings though so far. Yeah, from I, I
3: I agree with you uh from the broadcaster standpoint, but if I was in the clubhouse and the dugout there. I wouldn't. I agree, kind of oh, with that I, no, superstition. I, get yeah. I wouldn't want to get in a guy's head. Hey, man, you're doing
5: great. Oh, that, no, that's
2: a totally different thing. I just when I'm on the air, and it's like, oh, the guy's got a no hitter, yeah, and then sure. people on Twitter are like,
5: how could you possibly? Oh say my God! Come on. Ben.
2: So the fact that Odorizzi, who yeah, Rizzi, who's has really struggled with command at times this last stretch, even though the ERA is now down to about uh, 3.75 here with what he's done today. That's been the the big story for me, and it, it's not a shock that Adam Wainwright's been able to work in and out of damage uh, throughout, scattered four hits through four innings. But the betters, I mean, they really came to the window hard on Wainwright today, and I get it because it's a the splits have been the most egregious, probably among any pitcher this year, Brady. The home versus road splits that we talked about, sub two fifty ERA for Wainwright at home at Bush Stadium, well over four on the road, and uh, you know we've got our betting sheets here from this morning when these games were lined, and Cardinals are about a dollar twenty overnight favorite. This thing closed, I mean, it, it, uh, one of the books in town here is high as minus 155 on St. Louis and at circa minus 142. So you're talking 20-cent line move against a team like Atlanta who's been really, really good, especially not not only at home at uh, Truist Park in Atlanta, but on the road too. So a lot of backing here behind Wainwright. I think just kind of those home road splits are a big reason why and So far, it's more the under. I mean, that eight-and-a-half total looking pretty good if you took an under.
3: Yeah, certainly from a numbers standpoint. I see where you're coming from, from more of an anecdotal standpoint. You and I were talking before the show. I just like the experience and the clutch gene. And, uh, you know, the Adam Wainwright big-game hunter story I, I think is for real. This guy does seem to show up and perform some of his best stuff on a big stage and certainly not much bigger at this point in the season right now against the Atlanta Braves for Adam Wainwright. Again, no score uh, going to the top of the fifth inning there at Bush Stadium and just about a pick him now in the live market. All right, we shift over to the senior circuit and take a look at the division races and the wild card races here on the run line. The Dodgers, the powerhouse that they are, 88 and 38 on pace to win 113 games. They get it done again today in Miami. They'll actually have another game against the Marlins on Monday before they head to New York to face the Mets on Tuesday. Uh the Mets, they of course lead the National League East. They did lose today to Colorado 1 to nothing, 82 and 47. Of course, St. Louis in action right now before this game went to first pitch. They started at 73 and 54. The Braves way out in front as far as the top spot in the National League wildcard race, 79-49 and on the season. Uh, The Phillies in the two-hole, and then the Padres, the Padres and the Brewers right there uh, bringing up the rear. The Padres currently in, the Brewers currently out. Uh, what jumps out to you as far as the National League divisions and wildcard races are concerned?
2: So for me, I uh, just made a bet actually the other day on the Brewers to miss the playoffs. And this number, I, Circa when I saw this morning before they, they took the lines down at the start of the day, Brewers now to miss is up to minus 170. Mm. And I mean, as of three days ago, you, you could still find a lot of shops in the market right around even money there. And wow. I, it's it's one of those things for me and, and I'm invested on Milwaukee from a preseason standpoint, winning the NL Central and Were you I, trying to
3: kinda of get off that bet a little that bit
2: w- that was certainly part of okay. it too. And I mean I obviously in that case you could get you could get middled against yeah. yourself if they were to get a wild card spot, totally aware of that. Uh, but, I, again, I've watched every Brewer game this year and followed them very, very closely. That, that clubhouse has clearly not been the same since the hater trade. And their offense, even though the Saturday-Sunday games against against really, really bad Cubs pitching, they were able to at least get some more runs scratched together. Uh, today, they were able to get nine, which was just enough there to beat the Cubs 9-7. But in general, it's been an offense that has relied solely on the solo home run ball. The pitching has been really, really spotty outside of their big three main arms there when you have Brandon Woodruff Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta even though those three guys have still really really been have been super solid they're not at all culpable for the struggles here of the Brewers but it's been a lack now of certainty at the back end of the bullpen which you never would have said coming into the year it's an offense where you look at them they've been top five in home runs basically all season Brady and yet they're a bottom 10 average team and they kind of personify you look at it now third in home runs 22nd in team average and they do sort of personify the, the true three outcome look of a lot of teams this year. The issue is when you have some ver- you know, some variance with that, in small sample sizes, you can get that to the extreme. And that's what we're seeing with the Brewers right now. They've been really bad with runners in scoring position. And you've had a lot of these games where it's like a 4-3 loss where they had three, three solo home runs. The starter has a quality start and the bullpen struggles to hold that up. And so to me this was a pretty easy wager to make. I still have a lot of belief in San Diego going forward that they'll be able to figure it out. Phillies have have, have shown enough even in their kind of Jekyll and Hyde season and they've built up at you know at least at this point here a four a four game lead over Milwaukee right now. And so when you have all those numbers priced you know around even it, especially for a situation where one was going to always be that odd man out it was uh, is especially too with having that position of my mind, Brady, trying to get off of that bet in some in some uh, case there with the preseason divisional bet. It was an easy call for me to to get uh, get on that Milwaukee to miss the playoffs bet before the number really really gets out of hand here and starts moving north of like a dollar 50.
3: You know, Aaron Moore that does a great job writing for our digital publication Point Spread Weekly and he talks about a lot of futures markets and that type of thing and and he had an interesting article that came out maybe about a month ago or so Um, about kind of teams that you might be a fan of. I I grew up in the Bay Area, and I grew up as a 49er, a Giant, and a Warriors fan, and then like the Cal Bears and that stuff too. Um, I had a futures ticket on the Warriors that I bet before the season started last year to win the NBA championship, and, of course, that came to fruition Um, But I I feel I have a real good study on that team and have had a good feeling about that team for so many years because I probably pay more attention to them than other teams. You're a Milwaukee guy. Do you feel you maybe have a better line on the Brewers than other
2: teams in professional baseball? Yeah, I think just by... But by focusing on them, I mean, every single day as opposed to, like, some of these – Some and, and by proxy, I think the NL Central, too. And I, I uh-huh. feel like I have a yeah. pretty good yeah. pretty division. good feel yeah, for that sure. division as well. And, and having covered it, too, you know, covering the Cardinals for, for so many years and, and watching those teams really, really closely. I think, yeah, naturally you do. And when you're able to – as Aaron has, ta- has written about, too, when you're able to kind of pull yourself away from the fan side of it and you see sort of the reality of what these teams are doing day to day – uh, you know, and, and especially, too, in a case like Milwaukee, the Brewers are sort of an interesting franchise because they've always been one of the smallest two two to three markets in mm-hmm. the major leagues. Mm-hmm. They've never been near near the top at all of, of payroll leaders, so they've always had to get a lot out of being an inherent small market team. They've done it really smartly when, you know, when you've used uh, David Stearns and the way he his career has really taken off, coming from the Astros, becoming the Brewers' GM, and being analytically driven. They've understood that that's the path to success when you are not – a team that is built to spend tons and tons of money on the uh-huh. big name free agents. But what is weird, what has happened this year is that there's kind of this growing swell of thought that Stearns could be, he, he could easily be heading to the Mets in this off season to mm-hmm. be, you know, to, to kind of take over things or be part of their uh, order of operations in New York. When the season comes to an end and Craig council has been how the longest tenured brewer manager in team history, which is kind of wild to think about team. You know, it, it seems like he just took over a few years ago, but right. it's been nearly a decade now. So, I have gotten the sense as this year has gone on that it's almost things have felt a little bit stale. They really they've been so active at the trade deadline really every season since the Stearns Council partnership happened. And that wasn't the case this year. Uh, So it's kind of a combination of things where I I do feel pretty, pretty doubt into that division in general. And then you just see the the lack of aggression, at the deadline to me, Brady, and the team's reaction to that. And we've seen how that's kind of correlated to some of these recent, uh, you know, the, the recent lack of success. And it's not a, a not a fluke to me or just a a, a short term rut at all. At least the with San Diego Padres in the third and
3: final hole in the wild card race. And Jason Weingarten said it, despite how frustrating it might be day in and day out to be a Padres fan, they still have 70 wins and they're still on pace to get to 88 uh, do you feel comfortable that they will represent as that third
2: team? In the I do. Yeah, I, I do, and I'd say this: there are markets too, or you could bet who will be the actual third, you know, second or oh, third really? wild card wow. which are interesting. I don't know that I would get like too involved with those, just because I still see a, a world in in which the Padres could still e- very easily get that the second wild card right. versus the third. It's only a game and a half difference. They have the three series still to go against uh, the Dodgers overall. And while we were kind of baking in the Tatis return as at least being part of why we would elevate the Padres a little bit in the power ratings, the reality is that's still a very, very potent lineup. Oh, yeah. And I've, I, again, as we talked about earlier, this team looked so good at this time last year and then completely fell off the map with a manager who had no idea what he was doing. You can make the case it could be completely flipped around this, this season.
3: When we come back, we dive into the Monday card. We'll start previewing all the games on the Diamonds coming up for next week when we return. premier baseball betting show, this is the run line. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but for future events as well. Betting splits are another way that vSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at v Welcome back to the run line. Brady Cannon and Ben Wilson with you. Next up, it is Greg Peterson for more of the Greg Peterson experience. He'll take you the rest of the way here overnight on the airwaves at v the sports betting network, and uh, nothing going on as far as hits there in Bush Stadium for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jake Odorizzi, Still a no hitter through four and I believe two thirds innings now. No score in the ball game. Adam Wainwright pitching pretty darn well himself. Your in-game total now, Ben down to three and a half. I don't know if I've ever seen that in not
2: even to, what, the finish of the fifth inning yet. Right, and especially, too, it seems like this It was, what, about an hour rain delay? Just seems like it kind of lulled all the hitters to sleep tonight because (laughs) Wainwright and Odorizzi have been dominant. Only 56 pitches so far for Odorizzi through his four and two-thirds innings. It's been a really, really impressive start for a guy, as we talked about, who... Of the the guys, kind of on that outside looking in for maybe the final rotation piece in the Braves postseason rotation, mm-hmm. yep. had been had probably been of the more inconsistent variety. But he's been really impressive tonight. Been mi- mixing speeds pretty well. A lot of off balance swings. He's been ahead in the count. I, I look looking at it right now. Only one walk so far through his four and two thirds. So uh, as good as you could have asked for here, for, uh, for especially if you're Brian Snicker going into a really hard place to pitch in Busch Stadium in a Sunday night game and Odorizzi's been great so far.
3: He's got two outs and nobody on as he looks to close out the fifth inning here. The Cardinals batting in the bottom half of the fifth. All right, let's turn the page to Monday and take a look at some games coming up. The Dodgers will continue their series in Miami facing the Marlins. Tony Gonsolin, we've talked about him a couple different times during the show. He will take his show on the road to visit Pablo Lopez, and Lopez has been a bet against as of late, and it's reflected in the line. Of course, the mighty Dodgers, you don't see them at less than minus 200 too often anymore. Minus 230, they
2: are a road favorite with a total of seven. And it's, it's easy to see why, too, the money has gone in this direction, especially with this being a, a wraparound series. And you saw it, if you watch the game today, you know, it did not have that feel at all of like you know, the Dodgers just trying to get through the game. They got up, you know they were up five, six, one in the sixth inning of that game, but they kept pouring it on and you know you think about how consistent they've been, that's the one thing as much as maybe some of the back end pitching depth isn't the most impressive thing to me, Brady. The way they just come at you and they don't take an at bat off, it's a lot of eight, nine pitch at bat. So that, that can be a really good a good situation for in-game even though the pregame numbers are going to be pretty, uh, you know, pretty outrageously priced. And, and as I said earlier, I, I think they are pretty accurately priced even in a spot like this, where you know Pablo Lopez has been very respectable this year and, and the numbers uh, pretty much match what he's done. 366 ERA, 372 on the fielding, independent pitching 358 on the xFit. But when you get, when you start looking at third time through the order with this Dodgers lineup, that's when it becomes really, really tough for a lot of these pitchers and, you know, I, I look at uh, the, the splits so far. I mean, Lopez, 338 ERA first time through the order, 286 second time through the order, 611 third wow. time. And against a team like the Dodgers, that's where you know, this could be maybe an in-game over opportunity, If it, especially, I mean, Gonsolin has been, as we've talked about, so charmed. <laughs> like, I just don't <laughs> see a situation, like, if you want to go team total under two and a half for the Marlins, go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, where Gonsolin yeah. is, you know, Gonsolin has been so, so good, even though the 200 bat pip and the Nearly, it's been about a run and a half differential between expected ERA and real ERA. Scream regression, I just don't see it happening. He kind of is what he is at this point. Uh, So those would be the angles I'd look at. Maybe a team total under for the Marlins. Maybe you get an opportunity where this, uh, where where you you maybe get an in-game team total over on the Dodgers. Because I do like Lopez in general. It's just tough ask given his struggles third time through the order against a lineup that is so, so potent.
3: It's hard to bet on this Marlins team with anybody but Sandy Alcantara on the hill. I want to ask you about the next game here. The Cardinals and the Reds. The Cardinals, of course, in action as we speak. Miles Mikolas versus Chase Anderson at the Great American Ballpark. And the Cardinals right now are minus 205 favorites with a total of nine and a half. And the first thing that I thought of at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati was over the total. The Reds, like you mentioned, basically a 500 ball club after that awful start early in the season. They can put some runs up on the scoreboard, especially at home. And maybe if you wait a little bit until tomorrow, Ben, with the result of tonight's game, if this scoring stays uh, incredibly low, no score on the board currently at Bush stadium, maybe you'll get that total to tick down
2: a little bit, just enough for you to make a play on the over. It could make sense. You know, it's fascinating about this game and obviously it would potentially qualify as, you know, a fade of a team coming off Sunday night baseball uh, playing the next day. However, uh, a name we have not heard of in some time, Chase Anderson. Like, welcome back to the big leagues. Red signed him yesterday to a minor league deal. Immediately call him up. He was last with Tampa Bay at Triple uh, A this year, so this is his big league debut this season. And you look at Chase Anderson's last two years; it has been an absolute disaster. He was really good for the Brewers that 2016 to 2019 run, but they let him walk. Goes to Toronto, 7.22 ERA in seven starts in the in the shortened COVID season. Goes to Philadelphia last year, and they uh, they invested a decent amount in Anderson, and it was not a good investment. Nine starts a season ago, 6.75 ERA. So you you have a guy in Anderson now. Now look a lot of experience facing the Cardinals from his time in in that NL Central division with Milwaukee. But that's a tough ask. To, you sign with a new organization, you make your debut. In, in a park that has been very, very difficult for pitchers to have much success in. Against a Cardo lineup that is likely going to be coming off of here, Brady, a game where they were they were no hit at the very least going into the sixth inning. So I'm seeing a couple of nines here with a little juice to the over. Uh, Miles Michaelis, a- again, he's been another one of those, s- not not as severe splits to the home and road like an Adam Wainwright, but certainly a guy who has not had the same amount of success on the road, and we saw that he struggled at, uh, at Wrigley Field last week, was really lit up there. So... That would, be the, that would be the look if you could get a nine in that spot. I think, uh, Brady, your, your inkling is right on. Hard to know what you're going to get out of Chase Anderson. First start at, at the big league level here in about a year. All right, next up, the Cubs at the Blue Jays.
3: Both of these teams nursing losing streaks. Toronto's dropped three in a row. The Cubs actually had been playing pretty decent baseball before they dropped their last two to the Milwaukee Brewers. And in Toronto, the home team, a big favorite here, minus 230 with a total of 9.5, Assad versus Barrios. Um, I can't trust Toronto, and for that reason, I don't want to lay minus 230,
2: Ben. I'm with you. Look, at least for Barrios, and I I would argue that it's pretty insane to make make the line where it's at for Toronto, but I will give him some credit, even though like Adam and I all year, we've just ripped on Brios (laughs) every single week. It's like, all right, this guy is awful. You, you can still get big, big uh, fat numbers to bet against him on. But last two starts goes to Yankee stadium, throws six and two thirds, only one earned run on, on six hits, nine strikeouts, and only one walk goes to Fenway, two runs in six innings and only walked one struck out six. So, very maybe solid. there yeah, maybe there's a sign that Brios is starting to turn a corner. There's still the, the regression numbers say he has been a little bit unlucky. 484 on the, the you know, the fit 404 on the X with a five twenty eighty RA. And if it and it's one of those things where I would I I would be all over uh, Chicago in a spot like this. If it were if it not were not for the Blue Jays getting absolutely embarrassed at home over the weekend in a three game set. And it's been this it's such a Jekyll and Hyde team, and it's probably gonna result in a layoff for me because uh, normally if, if they look good this would be the classic all right little zigzag blue jay team that you've uh-huh. not been able yep. to trust but let's be real you get outscored 22 to 3 by pro- arguably the biggest joke in baseball this season in the la angels and you now have a, a cubs team who's coming in and just does not have the horses pitching wise and we saw that play out final two games of the series against milwaukee so i, I at least like enough what i'm seeing out of brios to if you wanted to maybe play a run line and, and just play this individually get it right around even money there i wouldn't hate that but not a game, not the first game, Brady. I'm gonna gravitate towards on my own card there for tomorrow. Still scoreless
3: on Sunday night baseball between the Braves and the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright now back out on the bump for the home team. He is now at 72 pitches on his night. The Atlanta Braves at bat have become the favorite in the live market at minus 125, your in-game total, still at three and a half. The final game we'll get to in this segment for the Monday card, Ben, is the Red Sox at the Twins. Uh, the Twins, yeah, they were at home. They were hosting the Giants. I was thinking they were on the road. So they will stay at home. The Red Sox go out on the road. And the Twins are a fairly short favorite here, minus 137 with a total of nine. Bello and Bundy on the bump and devin bundy for a couple seasons for me has been a bet on pitcher and that price doesn't look
2: too bad i that might be a direction i would head and especially too i mean twins off of a home sweep of the giants and at least started to put together a, a few good games of really you know really solid ball here over the weekend uh, bundy yeah i mean a guy who is certainly in line for a little bit of positive aggression 456 on the era 398 on the xera but probably where you really have to start and end this handicap with at uh, at brian bayo who Top prospect pitching-wise for the Red Sox, who was really, really bad his first three starts, has looked a little bit better of late. Two earned in five innings, without one walk, seven Ks. That was his best start by far at home against Toronto last week. It's just not a guy I can trust, though. And he's been really, really up and down. Even though any of the, even in a limited sample size, he should be getting a lot luckier than he is. 3.26 expected ERA to a 7.36 ERA. I don't know that I trust him though going to Target Field in a spot where, again, he's only thrown 22 big league innings, and the results have been all over the place, as you'd expect for a young rookie trying to learn how to pitch at the big league level.
3: Four more games to go coming up in the next segment of The Run Line.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is
4: Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd.
3: The VEASAN Pro Football Guide is out now. This year's guide is packed with Super Bowl and playoff predictions, season win total best bets for every team, best ways to bet on rookie quarterbacks, plus a bookmaker breakdown on what futures the public and respected uh, bettors are making. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up on your discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl. For only $175, or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. Sounds like a plan.
2: I'd say so. Have you checked out Let's the do football guy? Of course. Oh, yeah. Deep, deep dive. Absolutely. Deep. We're inside two weeks now from opening night? 11 days until they kick it off
3: at SoFi wow. Stadium. The Buffalo Bills visiting the Los Angeles Rams and the defending Super Bowl champs are a small underdog, catching two and a half points. But uh, before we get to that September 8th kickoff of the NFL season, we start... With the Diamonds, Monday on the Diamonds in Major League Baseball. And there's not a lineup on this game yet. Trying to figure it out here by the process of elimination, Ben. You've got the Pirates at the Brewers. The Pirates coming off of a win. They blank the Philadelphia Phillies on Sunday 5 to nothing. The Brewers have won two in a row. Over the Chicago Cubs, trying to get back into the race, not only for the division, I that may be that may be finished, but uh, certainly mm-hmm. trying to get back into the race for the National League Wild Card. They trail uh, by a game and a half, I believe, behind uh, the San Diego Padres. They will start Corbin Burns at Miller Park on Monday. I see that the Pirates are scheduled to go with Mitch Keller on Tuesday. I'm just not sure who's going to get
2: the ball for the Pirates on yeah, Monday. It was supposed to be JT Brubaker, but they just placed him on the paternity list today. Uh. And yeah, the, in- the issue is that Zach Thompson, who would probably be the logical guy, their long reliever, threw 82 pitches on Friday. Mm. So um, you're probably looking at a, either a call-up here, uh, Brady, from AAA or a bullpen game that we're going right. to see out of Pittsburgh. I would have to think with it being Burns on the mound and given what you're likely going to see here, on the uh, at least on the Pittsburgh side pitching, this is going to be a, I mean, minus two fifty minimum here for I Milwaukee. Two fifty or 280. Um, most likely. Even yeah. all the things we've said this show about the struggles of the Brewers, but when you have a, you know, a Corbin Burns day, it's it's a little bit different. Where this is a guy who, also, I'll be really interested to see just how he looks in general because he's coming off maybe his worst outing in three years. I mean, he looked so bad at Dodger Stadium. Seven earned in the three and two thirds innings, and like his last two starts now. Against the Dodgers, a combined nine and a third innings, ten earned runs on 12 hits, four walks, nine strikeouts. Again, you're you're going from facing the Dodgers in LA to a home matchup against Pittsburgh. That should profile pretty well for him. And so, if if anything, it would be a run line look there for the Brewers. You're you're probably going to get in the I'd say the dollar 20 to 30 range if I had to guess. On a Brewers run line, but uh, that would be the only thing. And it's really only because of Burns and a pretty good bounce back opportunity for him, if if there ever was one.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I've bet on Corbin Burns a couple times this season uh, successfully, so I'd probably be leaning that direction as well. One down in the bottom of the sixth inning in St. Louis as Jake Odorizzi gets Yachty Merlina to fly out for the first out of the inning. Still under 70 pitches for Odorizzi. Odorizzi. Yeah. No-hitting the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, one down in the bottom of the sixth, so five and a third innings of no-hit baseball. And uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and Atlanta Braves still scoreless. Your in-game total now down to a flat three. St. Louis is the favorite because they are at bat, minus 125 on the live money line. The Yankees and the Angels. The Yankees stay out west. They split a four-game set with the Oakland A's. They'll have three games down in Southern California with the Angels. The Angels return home after taking three in a row from the Toronto Blue Jays. This will be Frankie Montas versus Jose Suarez. And the Yankees are a good-sized road favorite. Minus 180 with a total of eight. Uh, Something has me leaning towards the pinstripers here, Ben.
2: I and I would be with you as well. You're you're telling me an Angel team fresh off a road sweep in Toronto, Going cross country co- trip yeah, back home. Yeah, easy
3: trip for the uh, yeah. Yankees. They should bounce back against an inferior team. Right.
2: A, a Yankee team too, yes, losing the final two games of that Oakland series. There were, you know, we were starting to hear kind of the murmurs and the whispers around Frankie Montas like what what's wrong with this guy? Right. After the trade, it was really really bad to start his Yankee tenure, but you had to like what you saw in that start against the Mets where, and I mean, I admit, I, I bet against him in that start. And, and I think everybody uh, was, was, fading, uh, was, was fading Montas in that particular spot there, but goes five and two thirds, gives up two runs on six hits. Certainly looked a lot better than he had where it was, you know, the first three starts for Montas, 14 earned runs across 14 innings there in the Blue Jay, Red Sox, and Cardinals starts that he had to begin his Yankee tenure, so I uh, have to think too. If this is a, an opponent he's really familiar with as well, I was going to uh,
3: say that maybe that's yeah, one two, thing you can make third a case start for with him for against. Uh, yeah, third, third start, third start?
2: done? And well, went uh, struck out 12 in six innings in his first start against them, gave up two runs, and then. The, the second time he faced him was his, the start he got injured in. So he, oh. he left after only an inning and two-thirds. But uh, combined, like seven and two-thirds innings, 14 strikeouts to one walk and two earned runs against the Angels. So uh, a guy who's very familiar in this park and is profiled pretty well against the Angels, that would uh, certainly lean to me being on that Yankee side as well. Uh, the Phillies at the Diamondbacks,
3: and of course the Phillies have been hot. They had won six straight before falling to the Pirates today uh, and just making a spot for themselves pretty firmly in that National League wildcard conversation. It's Ranger Suarez versus Zach Gallen, and the Diamondbacks are a good size underdog here. The Diamondbacks about plus 165. That's the side I'd be leaning to. Uh, the Phillies, again, going across the country to Arizona, and we talked about it earlier in the program Arizona's one of those teams that basically has nothing left to play for, but they continue to right. show up. Merrill Kelly looked good on Saturday in a win over the Chicago White Sox. And Zach Gallon, we know he's been decent too. So i, I probably want to take the juicy price before I laid it.
2: Yeah, for what it's worth, it looks like they're going to push Gallon back to Tuesday. Ah. Everything I'm seeing looks like it will be Madison Bumgarner starting, which I it, don't which, want any part Which of it. it changes the <laughs> calcul. What what makes uh, you say I mean, that? Forget everything Brady. I said. Just forget the last twenty seconds. Yeah, and I mean you think about uh, Bumgarner, who he look, he was one now of the I know o- why the Phillies are minus one hundred eighty. Yeah. One of the OG regression report guys, Adam and I had back in May, and and it hasn't even really, even though he has you know come back to earth here, still 5:30 on the expected ERA, but still just a 4.53, uh, not striking anybody out, still at uh, career low six and a half strikeouts per nine, a somewhat still inflated bat pip, 3.07 on batting average on balls in play, and especially too, you have a Phillies team who was just blank today at home by Pittsburgh, uh, goes you know goes to the road, uh, oh, we finally have uh, a breakthrough! Wow. Very interesting. The that first card, you know, hit, what, that Cardinal devil magic, Brady, strikes oh again. Goodness. Lars Newtbar, solo Absolutely homer, of, incredible. because of course.
3: Jake Odorizzi gives up his first hit of the ball game on pitch number 76 in the bottom of the sixth inning, and it goes out of the park at Bush Jeez. Stadium. one nothing, Cardinals. When you're hot, you're hot, I guess. Not too shabby. That's how that works.
2: Uh, so with the with the bounce back, though, likely in play for Philadelphia, and, and Ranger Suarez, and you think about the numbers for him, it's, it has been really good and really consistent. Yeah. Up 338 here on the ERA, seeing it 358 now on the expected ERA. But he's done a like, really, really good job of limiting the hard-hit hard contact against him. He's been among the league leaders 23.2% on the hard-hit percentage against, which is of the elite. There's only about 20 pitchers who are sub-30% this year, Brady. So I definitely like the matchup there, and especially if you're getting a chance to fade Bumgarner in a spot where the Phillies are coming off a shutout loss at home, I definitely look at that side too.
3: The Padres and the Giants will wrap up the Monday card. The Giants return home to the Bay, where they will host the San Diego Padres, who return home from Kansas City. Mike Clevenger versus Carlos Rodone, and a pretty short price on Rodone at minus 133 with a total of seven. Um, I don't know which way to go here, really. It looks a little bit cheap for a pitcher as good as Rodone. Clevenger just came back into action a couple starts ago, correct?
2: Yeah, and for for Clevenger, uh, his like his last couple times out, you know, he was better against the Guardians at home. He's a guy who's had a lot of home road splits, sub three ERA at home, but well over four on the road. Two earned on on two hits and in six innings his last time out, and it this will only be uh, well, it'll be his uh, his sixth start here of uh, in the month of August. But I, if anything, I'd probably look under. I mean, this is a, a spot where you have two two wounded teams coming yeah. off of just disastrous week. Even though like the Padres win that series, but you know, to have a guy in Josh Hader just get, uh, just implode once again today, and you have to think that he's not, he's not going to see any sort of meaningful game for quite some time there in San Diego. So two teams who had the cross-country road trips coming back now to the West Coast, uh, kind of a sleepy uh, sleepy night game there in San Francisco. I'd be looking under, even though this is your lowest total on the board, for what it's worth, there's I see a couple of seven and a halves in the market. That mm. You could find with a little bit of juice there to the under, but uh, you mentioned I, I uh, the like seven for, and a half yeah, for yeah. I don't a, for know Odin. if I want to
3: bite on the seven, yeah. Uh, but seven and a half looks pretty attractive.
2: And just you know, looking at two, this will be which is interesting that we're this late in the year, first time Clevenger has faced the Giants. Just kind of odd that it's worked out that way, two division rivals here. But I, I also too, I like. if I'm looking at uh, totals, especially. I, I, like to see, especially if it's a division matchup, a pitcher that is facing a team for the first time, where these yeah. guys do not have uh, multiple, multiple abs of data to look at. Uh, you know, look at that specific guy, and I think that could uh, work into Clevenger's favor tomorrow. Another hit for
3: the St. Louis Cardinals. They've oh, got boy. a runner on. Open
2: the floodgates. <laughs> two Jeez. down
3: bottom of the sixth inning one to nothing cardinals they are now minus 300 favorites in the live market that is going to do it for us thank you ben thank you to brian ortega next up it is the greg peterson experience for your sunday night folks right here on the sports betting network